Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this week's Resistance Recap, where we are talking all about the episode Live Fire. And this was a really good episode and had a lot of fun things to say. So I'm excited to dive into it. But Live Fire aired on October 20th, uh, which was Sunday, and the writer was Margaret Scott, and it was directed by Stuart Lee. And we've got a woman writer. Yay. This isn't our first one, but I was excited to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. It was nice. It's always nice to see new names uh, when we're going through the writers and directors. It, it's weird because it's nice to see familiar names too because you know that they're invested and like they're involved and all of these writers and directors are obviously invested. But, you know, it's nice when you're like, oh, like I really like Bosco Ng and what he does with Star Wars and Brandon Alman and you know what I mean? But it's also fun to see new people as well and see what they bring totally. to the table. Yeah, I really liked this episode. I was telling Caitlin before we started recording, I felt like with the first episode of this season, because we had already seen it in Celebration, I was really excited to see it again, but I didn't feel like we were back in the groove of Resistance. And then last week, I felt like since we, I was a little delayed because I was gone for when the episode released and we were recording later, I don't know. I just feel like with this one, we're right back into it and it makes me feel really good. <laughs> and I'm really excited to be back in Resistance and talking about it weekly. I know that this is like our third episode talking <laughs> about Resistance season two, but I really do. To me, this episode felt like we're really getting back into the meat of it. Mm-hmm. And it had some interesting t- things to say, like you said at the beginning of the show. And I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, it was a good episode. I still think that the premiere is my favorite so far of this season. But yeah, I really enjoyed this episode too. Yeah, I agree with that. I still found myself really, I was like, oh my God, these 20 minutes flew by with this episode. Yeah, it did go by really fast, actually, which all Resistance episodes do because they're 22 minutes <laughs> without commercials. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, I think the action, there was a lot of action in this episode, even though it wasn't the same kind of action and like dire circumstances as last week. There was still a lot of drama I felt in this episode. Totally. Okay, let's talk about the show. So in part one, we're going to give our highs and lows. Part two is going to be all about the story. And part three is the characters. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Welcome to part one. We were going to be going over our highs and lows for the episode. And I went first last week. So you are up first this week with your first high, Charlotte. Woo. Okay. So my first high is something that I just had been questioning for the past couple of episodes and since the end of season one was how it was going to shake out about how the fact that the the Colossus is now like somewhat part of the resistance. And I just really liked in this episode, and this is my high, that there was a call out that the aces didn't sign up for the resistance, yet they have to defend the Colossus. And I just really liked that distinction. And it just makes for a more complicated show because it could have been so much easier for them to be like, okay, now we're all part of the resistance now, you know, and have that like play some like triumphant music. And we we as an audience would accept that. But I like this idea that they don't really have a loyalty to this organization of the resistance, which is still seen as kind of this, you know, uh, extremist group. Um, and I, I don't know. I liked it. I liked that there was a distinction here, yet they're still training to potentially you know, help the resistance because they're all against right now the First Order. 
Yeah, it definitely is complicated. And again, that's something that's so great about how the show is set up with all of these people that come from different backgrounds. And like Griff is an old Empire pilot. And so I, I found that really interesting too. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> they're just <Yeah>. all super <laughs> okay with him being an Imperial pilot, ex-Imperial pilot, just like they're okay with Doza being an ex-Imperial officer. And, and those kinds of things are always – I hope we get a lot more of that with Doza and Yeager particularly, but it's fun seeing how these characters characters talk about it with each other in passing. And yeah, the complication that they're all in this situation because of the resistance versus the First Order. But Loki, the majority of the Colossus is not a part of the resistance. (laughs) No, not at all. They're having to deal with this situation. And it's like, does their loyalty lie with the Colossus or with themselves? And I thought that this episode started putting a lot of those pieces into play. And it'll be interesting to see how many of them actually do end up joining or just being in it for the Colossus. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is an interesting comparison with Rebels because remember the whole question of Rebels. It's like, what's to say the Rebellion? And then at the end of it, no one actually cared <laughs> because they all just stayed on Lethal <laughs> and they weren't actually a part of the Rebellion uh, as we know it in the original trilogy anyway. They certainly were involved in like the early stages of it, but you guys know what I mean. Uh, so – yeah, what's that going to look like here, especially given that we have people who have very different backgrounds and histories? It was really interesting. I like that complication. Yeah. What was your first high? My first high was the humor in this episode. I really loved all the little bits of uh, comedy in this episode. It made me laugh out loud a lot. And the other two episodes, like the first episode made me laugh a lot too, but that one had like that horror vibe that I really enjoyed. The second episode was funny, um, but wasn't the funniest. This episode though, I really loved all the one-liners and stuff. Um, hype, mm-hmm. calling Kaz, Kaz Tostrophe. <laughs> It's just <laughs> hilarious to me. And then Hype and his droid. Oh, my God. Is this the first time we've seen Hype's droid? No, it's not. But this is the first time it's gotten, like, significant Screen time. I could not remember yeah. him. But the way that he picked up the helmet and then dropped it again. <laughs> and the fact that he matches Hype, like, their uniforms and paint jobs match. I just. I wouldn't expect anything less from Hyatt Faison. I know. I died. I loved it so much. And then uh, I think – I know that I have a lot of critiques about the Aces. I still have a lot of feelings about the Aces and how they were handled in Resistance. But I think Griff is my favorite. <laughs> I love how dead- – Oh, interesting. I love how deadpan he is. And like when they're in their first um, – uh, like exercise and Tora's like I thought Imperial like Griff is like we have to wa- like watch out for each other's backs now and Tora was like I didn't think Imperial pilots like watched out for each other and Griff was like we didn't that's why we lost <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so funny <laughs> was like yeah exactly <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah I, I really enjoyed it and I laughed a lot in this episode so it was fun and I liked how hype was just not Team Kaz at all. He's like, you see how my antennas are twitching? It's because of you. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I was I was dying at that. It was really funny. I also yeah. like side comment. Um, I what is the species that hype is? I'm bad at this. I'm sorry, um, but whatever. I I just like I found myself really fascinated by the fingers. Oh yeah, and the they're fact like. That 
Yeah, more than that, they're just like flat on the top. And I'm like, how does it even work? I want to see that. Like, what? (laughs) It's just, I I don't know. I was looking at it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know either. And to be honest, I didn't really pay attention to that. But yeah, I just... Now you won't be able to not notice that. It'd be like the trees in Doves' office. Uh, Yes. Yeah, so I just, I really enjoyed the humor of this episode. I thought it was spot on and I laughed out loud a lot. Totally. It was great. So my second high is I really just like the structure of this episode. My my two highs this week are kind of conceptual, not specific. Um, I just and I think we're going to talk about this later because I certainly want to talk about this later. I just really like the dichotomy that was shown between the first order and the Colossus and the differences in things. And again, I want to go into this much deeper later, but I think that this episode in its twenty two minutes did a really good job of showing the major differences between ideologies. And I really liked that. Yeah, um, I agree. Well, we definitely will be talking about this in the story section. But I almost like halfway through, I was like, I don't know if I think they're balancing it well. But by the end of the episode, I completely changed my mind. So I Mm -hmm. do think that they did a good job with that. And uh, we'll definitely be talking about that more in part two. So not going to get into more detail with it now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But my second high was Kaz being team leader and getting to show off the comparison um, of how he was trained by the First Order, um, not the First Order, the Republic, (laughs) well, um, how he was trained (laughs) by the Republic as a pilot. And I really liked Yeager introducing him as like, Kaz and I are going to be the ones to show you guys combative flying, not just racing. And I enjoyed Mm -hmm. him getting to shine a little bit. Yeah, it's really interesting thinking about how far Kaz and Yeager have come as friends and like a mentor. And I don't know, Kaz has grown so much too, but it's also, it was great to see him in this role where there it was played for humor, a lot of it of like, yeah, I'm super good. I'm amazing. But like, uh, I'm intimidated by all you guys. You know, I really like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. So I love, you know, you know what we say, we're always kind of chiding Kaz for not knowing what he's doing. So it's always good to have him in situations where he does actually know what he's doing. And definitely he, he does point out, he's like, I was top of my class. <laughs> you know, <so> he <laughs> does have skills. And he's shown them throughout the series, obviously. But it was cool to see him in a position where he's getting to train the ace pilots and uh, they do have to listen to him. <laughs> yeah. So what was your low for this episode? So my low is probably – this isn't a surprise, but like the ace action, like, isn't my thing. I don't really love that. I know that so many people do and that's totally fine. I just, um, I was like, my eyes kind of glazed over a little bit, but it's fine. I think that it was animated beautifully (laughs) and it's just not my thing. You know, I prefer like character moments and a lot of tension and all that kind of stuff. And it's no surprise to longtime listeners, but I do have to say like my, true low was I really did not like the way that they handled that creature Mm -hmm. I just felt like it was you know for all the that Star Wars is and like this humane treatment of monsters I was like I mean I guess in Solo it's not like that but I don't know I was like wait why are we shooting this thing can't we think of another way like that feels like more of a Star Wars animation lesson almost like with Bebo I I don't know I just it kind of rubbed me the wrong way 
Yeah, I I loved the planet. I loved being on that planet. I thought it was great that it was an icy planet, but it wasn't Hoth and it looked a lot different. I loved the design of it too. And I thought it was really great, the the design of the creature, like this giant stingray. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. with like a skeleton tail and the fact that it's icy and that it lives underwater but flies or actually – I guess we don't know if that was water. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking, I think like yeah, we don't. Yeah, when I was, it was watching like vapor. it, yeah, I was like, the water is down there, <laughs> but no. it's probably not. Actually, he probably doesn't live in water, <laughs> but he looks yeah. like a stingray, and his stingrays live in water. Anyway, you can see my confusion. Mm-hmm. But I was really shocked when the whole thing came up. Like, I was really surprised by the creature's design, and I agree with you. I was like, "Oh, this feels very different than how the Bebo storyline ended." But I guess like not every creature is good, and not every creature is going to be like an opportunity to like have this nature versus technology kind of conversation. And they didn't yeah. kill the creature; they just kind of got it to like hit it over the head. Yeah, yeah, but no, I'm with you. It like. I think we're so used to Star Wars animation anyway, kind of moving away from that or the characters realizing that they don't have to always necessarily use force. But yeah, it just – it wasn't my favorite part. But I will say that I really liked the music over this portion. Um, As they were deciding what to do, I I noticed the music a lot. I thought the music was different um, in its kind of buildup to the climax of them rescuing Yeager. And uh, it definitely served a function in the story. So yeah, it wasn't my favorite part. I'm with you. uh, But I think it's like not every creature – has to be reached out to, I suppose, is one way of looking at it. Another thing that was kind of cool about this is this is another, if if we can look at the last episode and be reminded that this was produced along the same time as Solo, this creature really did remind me of the creature in the Maw hmm, in yeah. Solo, which I thought was cool. And I, I think that they're, I don't know, it's just like they're probably like swapping concept arts. Yeah, the entire exactly. time. There was um, – so yesterday you and I were watching Director and the Jedi from The Last Jedi bonus features. Mm-hmm. And I remember them looking at concept art of this like BB-8 droid that – I remember Ryan Johnson was like, I don't know. It like looks a little bit too Doctor Who. And it had like – I can't even describe it well. But um, it was like all like very Art Deco-y metal kind of this droid and it was mm-hmm. round like a BB unit but not a BB unit and anyway there was a droid in this episode that was very reminiscent of that concept art from that droid oh, I remember that it's, it's kind yeah. of has a wheel on it yeah it looks it looks like it has like a lot of wheels on it like flat mm-hmm. wheels all pushed <laughs> together I can't I'm horrible at describing this um, and obviously the one in the resistance doesn't look Dr. Who but I was like oh I feel like that was based off of that concept art from The Last Jedi they look very similar anyway that was just kind of a fun aside and I realized that I did a horrible job describing it so no one is going to know what I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure one person will yeah, yeah please <laughs> at me if you do at Caitlin Blusher <laughs> um on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but my low kind of ties into my high is I was kind of disappointed that it was Hype who had the idea of how to rescue Yeager. I really wish it had come from Kaz um, and that instead of it being about Hype's moment of letting Kaz be his wingmate, it would have been more about Hype trusting Kaz as the leader and doing what Kaz's plan was. Um, Because this is one of the first situations where Kaz does have the training that the other 
the other ace pilots don't. And I didn't like how he was like, oh, I haven't been trained for this kind of situation. You know, I'm like, you were probably trained for problem solving in the field. <laughs> At least you should have been. <laughs> so I, I would have liked it better because it was like at the end of the day, Hype still got to be the one that rescued them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he still kind of had his ego stroked there. So I would have I would have liked it better if Kaz had been the one who had had the idea and they would have all been and Hype would have been able to actually be Kaz's wingmate and let Kaz lead in that moment. And then they both could have been celebrated together. Um, so that was kind of that was Milo. Mm hmm. Okay. I agree with that. I, I think that that would have been a good cast character moment, except I do think that this episode was really putting the spotlight on hype. Yeah. So it, I get it. It definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But I think it also would have been a good character moment for hype to have been the wingmate rather than the lead in that situation mm-hmm. because hype is always about making it about himself. And so I think it would have worked really well for his character too to – follow instead of lead mm-hmm. so. yeah makes sense anyway i just i like seeing kaz know stuff and i like seeing him do stuff and i like him being in charge <laughs> we just like kaz yeah just say it <laughs> nah. true <laughs> okay are you ready to move on to the story yes listen big deal you got another problem women always figure out the truth always Okay, so welcome to part two where we are talking about the story of this episode. So, Caitlin, what's the state of the resistance? I don't actually know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know. (laughs) We didn't really talk about them at all in this episode. Uh, The Colossus seems to still kind of be free-floating. We didn't really hear anything about where they're going or what their plan is right now, even like what their fuel consumption is. Like how much does a canister of coaxium last a ship like the Colossus? Uh, Mm -hmm. We don't really – no. <laughs> All we know is that they have yeah. time to be training and that they're kind of in preparation mode. The only inkling we got about supplies was when Hype went to the Aunt Seed's bar. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> give me something spicy. <laughs> she gives him a glass of water. <laughs> Honestly, mood. <laughs> like, I love that scene because Kaz comes in. He's like, "Stay hydrated. Keep on, keep it on." I was like, "Yes." I felt that deeply within my soul. <laughs> he's like, "Water, good joy." <laughs> I was like, yeah. "I hate you." <laughs> it was funny so how Auntie was like, "If we keep this up, then then I'll have to start charging you for that too." <laughs> it was funny. But yeah, that was really the only instance where we where we got more information about how they are dwindling, at least on um, non necessi- non necessities like alcohol. Presumably, is what they're drinking there, um, or at least spicy drinks. <laughs> but as far as the state of the first order, why don't you speak to the state of the first order? So I think the state of the first order is just existing. Like I think that there's something really interesting about how. This episode was really about separating the difference between the majorly organized First Order and then also the Colossus and the like the formal resistance. And I think that it was interesting because we get an inkling here that the only reason why the First Order wanted Tam was because of the link to the Colossus. In that line of like you know, she's proving more valuable than why she was originally brought here, you know? Mm -hmm. And to me, my mind immediately goes to like, okay, so she was really only brought here because of that one connection. And and that's interesting to me because I'm like, 
why would that be so important? But um, I do think that this episode like really showed that the first order it has training exercises. It's 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 also just existing in the same way that the Colossus is, and I guess the Resistance is too. I mean, the Last Jedi is like raging on right now in this uh, episode. Mm, yeah. So, it, like, you can't forget that. <laughs> we could very so well already be past the events of the Last Jedi. <laughs> it's true. Like, you just never know until yeah. they remind us. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that is a good reminder. Um, yeah, I think this episode was more about comparing the two. Obviously, like, it's very clear cut. You know, like, we're dividing our time between the First Order and the Colossus doing similar training exercises, but how the characters and the ones in charge are reacting to and kind of going about it in different and similar ways. That's the main focus, rather, that the Resistance is going here, the First Order is doing this. So, I think that was pretty clear cut. Yeah, I think the theme of this episode really was to show the differences between how they handle teamwork. So we have the Colossus and the Aces, you know, really embracing teamwork and, you know, showing exercises and like doing exercises to strengthen themselves because they're, they, I think they even say they're stronger together. Mm -hmm. And, um, and by the end of it, their exercises, you know, yielded a greater result in teamwork than they had originally anticipated. And then we have on the other side, we have um, Tam and Ruckland and Tam, they are training with the First Order and they're out there and Tam tries to save Ruckland and exhibits a great amount of heroism and teamwork and she is not rewarded. In fact, she's punished. And I think that there's, it was just really interesting to see that wow, the First Order really is so cruel that they wouldn't really even care about that moment of, you know, Ruckland was going to, you know, uh, crash into the Star Destroyer and Tam saved it, but they don't, they don't even care. Yeah, you know? that was what I was, I was like, Tam, bring up that you saved not Ruckland, the Star Destroyer. <laughs> um, although I guess like comparatively, would the TIE Fighter have done that much damage to the Star Destroyer? I know. I think about I in Return of the Jedi, yeah. you see you see starfighters like crash into Star Destroyers in in that movie, and it didn't really make that big of a difference, even though um, I'm sure lives were lost. But at the same time, it was like, oh my god, they really don't care about that at all. And to yeah. me, I'm like, what does that even mean for Tam and Ruckland's friendship? What does that mean for how Tam feels about herself in the First Order? Yeah. And I couldn't have seen a more uh, big difference between the Colossus and the First Order. And I think that right now, the Colossus, while they're training for to, they're training to protect their home, and I think that they, it's like an analog, obviously, for the resistance, because hopefully they will help the resistance, even though they're like, it's not really about the resistance. It's about protecting our home. It basically is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like when 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 are they all going to like, is there going to be like an assembly meeting on the classes? We're like, all right, like the classes is going here now. <laughs> so if you want off, <laughs> then now's your time. <laughs> Yeah. Again, me last week, I was like, who technically owns the Colossus? Like, who has the title for it? <laughs> who gets to make these decisions? Are people paying rent? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, I I liked how Brooklyn at the end, like you mentioned, like, what does that mean for Tam and Brooklyn's relationship, whatever that is, uh, where he was like, you saved me. I wouldn't have saved you. <laughs> and it's just very <laughs> obvious. And Tam was still, like, quite angry. It's interesting seeing her 
being frustrated by the situation, but not about being in the first order. She's frustrated. Like in this episode, she's frustrated that she made the mistake of saving Rockland. And I wonder if she mm-hmm. regrets that or if she's like she stands by her decision to do that, you know? I would assume she would stand by her decision. Another thing that's interesting about this episode that I think is that we haven't we didn't see Tierney at all. We had a new character introduced who like if Tierney represents Tam's comfort level within the resistance uh, within the first order, here we have this new character who totally put Tam on edge and was not going to let like certain, you know, idiosyncrasies of Tam's character slide at all. She has to be like in with the first order and like the the um the rule and order of the first order. Yeah. And so that comfort level is like completely gone because it was really never there to begin with. Yeah. I don't know if I would say that Cham has a comfort level with tyranny. There's familiarity there, but I don't think that necessarily breeds comfort. Um, especially in the last episode mm, yeah. when she was watching the Colossus with Tyranny. You could tell there was some hesitation with her. But I see what you're saying. Like Tyranny for Tam is the manipulator and this character do you, I'm sorry, did you say what her name is? Do we remember her name? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't. Remember. I know our friend Kate on Twitter called her like the Mrs. Trumbull from Matilda <laughs> of Star Wars. I think that was Kate. Um, if it was someone else who's listening, I'm sorry, uh, but I think it was Kate, <laughs> and that's all I could think about when I was watching. <laughs> um, kind of true. Yeah, I think it is true. But yeah, like tyranny is the manipulator and is the one who's like yes, Tam, like, we need you. And, like, your friends were so disloyal to you. And, like, how hard is that for you? Like, emotionally manipulative. And then the Mrs. Trumbull mm-hmm. character, like, she's the she's the Mrs. Trumbull character. And she's doing the mm-hmm. training and she doesn't care who you are. I, I doubt she even knows Tam's name. She probably doesn't. No, I don't think so. Yeah, no, definitely not. I don't, I don't know. I just think this episode really served to show the divide, the further divide between these two factions. And really kind of put Tam in a position to make her further more uncomfortable in the First Order if she ever sought to find comfort there because she thought that she was doing the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like we have more to say about characters in this episode than I do too. story. Like I feel like the story was pretty clear-cut. Like we're comparing. <laughs> it's very neat. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's a neat set, like a, a like a tidy episode of like this is what we're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So let's move on to characters. Yes. Okay, welcome to part three, where we are going to be discussing the characters. And I thought this episode was really interesting with Kaz, Tam, and Hype kind of taking the lead in it because the last time we saw this, I don't know, I I think it's interesting because I'm kind of going to jump ahead a little bit, but Hype naming Kaz as a part of the Resistance or a part of the Aces at the end of the episode felt so um, – it was hard because you know that that was all that Tam ever wanted when she was on the Colossus yes. and it was never given to her. And then Hype just so easily gives it to Kaz. Obviously, Kaz and Hype have a – not volatile, but they're not friends throughout the first season. It's not like Kaz and Hype have an easy relationship. But by the end of this episode, Hype just willingly gives it to Kaz. Um, 
Whereas that was something like that was what Tam wanted the whole time and like hype betrayed her basically to get it, at least in Tam's mind. Um, And I think he did actually. I don't actually remember all of the details involved with that. But that was like a big storyline with hype Tam and Kaz in the last episode and Tam explaining to Kaz why she dislikes hype so much and hype just kind of giving this to to Kaz so easily. It, It didn't feel unearned for Kaz necessarily, but I was like, oh. Tam, like, so unfair. It's insane that if had Tam had stuck around for maybe a week, she would have been included in the aces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so unfair. <laughs> That's really how yeah. it felt. And I was, I was mad at hype. I was like, how could you, like, I was happy for Kaz. But then I was also like, Kaz, like you're you're a leader in the resistance now. Like, do you necessarily need the aces? Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I just was like, how how could you do that hype? And especially because hype is the one who, at the beginning, was telling you know he yells at Kaz like, you're the reason Tam left, and why we're all in this situation in the first place. So like, you're making my antennas twitch. So leave me alone. And <laughs> that's like a really it was a low blow. <laughs> and it really was even the fact that Hype had been so rude to Tam. Yeah, and that they weren't friends anymore. But the fact that Hype was like kind of acting like he cared, which I think Hype always cared about Tam. They just have a very complicated relationship um, that was never kind of fully mm-hmm. resolved in season one. So I don't I don't want to say that Hype doesn't care about Tam, but it's like a little pot calling the kettle black as far as like not being nice to Tam goes <laughs> between yeah. Kaz and Hype. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, <Totally. laughs> and it was um, like that's such a heavy moment and it's something that like Kaz hasn't necessarily – like we haven't gotten to see Kaz really work through that himself of uh, – like on a personal level of how his actions really hurt Tam and – kind of seeing it thrown flippantly at him by hype was frustrating, um, which I think it's supposed to be. I think hype is supposed to kind of be a frustrating character. At least I find him frustrating. Um, and not not that I like don't like him, but he's just hard to get behind <laughs> because he is so yeah. full of himself, which is part of his character. But yeah, and I almost wish like – we had dwelled a little bit in that moment with Kaz, um, even if it was just by himself, but being like, man, like hype, hype is right. Or like, that's so unfair of hype to say that. Like you did that. Like you didn't let Tam be an ace. Like you betrayed her in that sense. sense. So you, really you're the one that started all that, you know? I don't know. I would have liked to have seen more of that discussion. Well, yeah, I think that it'll be really interesting if, which I think it will inevitably happen when Kaz and Tam do face each other and they they get to chat, they get to talk, and Tam finds out that Kaz is going to be an ace, that Kaz is an ace and an ace pilot and everything. And like she gets a glimpse of like what could have been. And that'll be really emotional, you know? Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I think you're really right. Like Tam is definitely going to hear through intercoms or something that Kaz is an ace pilot officially. And flying the fire with hype, with hype with, and the fireball, yeah, and Yeager, yeah. It's just like the fireball, yes, absolutely. All these things that Tam had been working towards, Kaz got, which is just salt in the wound, given the fact that Kaz 
in Tam's eyes, just kind of waltzed in, didn't do much, and then all of a sudden was elevated to this high position. Yeah. I love Kaz, but I, that's her perspective. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's only going to irritate her more. Mm-hmm. Unless she accepts it, which she totally could. I don't know. I don't know. It, I don't know. It's just, it <laughs> depends on when she finds out. I think she's going to be mad whenever she finds out. Yeah, it, it proves to be a very complicated story for sure. And it's just so good. It, this is, I just, I love the show so much because the character dynamics are just so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the more you think about them, the more you walk down this path of, oh my God, that is like, that could potentially lead to something that will be really exciting to see on screen. Yeah. Yeah. There are just so many different routes it could go into. Um, because they all come mm-hmm. from such different places and they're all just living on the Colossus. The best set piece in Star Wars, obviously. <laughs> Had to get that in at least once this episode. <laughs> yeah, this episode with Tam was really interesting because in the last episode, we definitely saw more of her hesitation with what she was doing when she was put face to face with the Colossus and actually seeing the impact of her words and what was happening and the potential that it could actually get people killed. Whereas this episode, she's kind of removed from that. And so we definitely see a more determined Cham. And at the end, when she like very quickly put on her helmet and was like ready to go, it was a little jarring, honestly, because last episode we saw Mm -hmm. some of that vulnerability a little bit in in her eyes, I thought anyway. And this episode, she kind of seemed a lot more entrenched in the first order and like, no, I have to do a good job at this. And like, I will be top of the class and and all of this, you know what I mean? So, and then just thinking about Mm -hmm. if she finds out that Kaz was named an ace next episode by hype. I don't know. That's not a step. It like for her mentally, that's like more on her barometer towards the first order. Like that would push me further towards the first order than back towards the Colossus. So I feel like if she's like in the middle, right, and like these episodes and things that are happening to her kind of push her more one way or the other, I feel like last episode she was nudging, like leaning towards the Colossus a little bit more like with her emotions and kind of fears about what would happen. But this episode she was definitely not in that camp at all and was definitely leaning towards wanting to be a better pilot in the First Order for the First Order Mm -hmm. too. Right, except I do see cracks there given even that that one shot of her in the line and then like her raising her hand for a question and then not being called on I thought that was really interesting and I was like what is even happening here why is she raising her hand what was she about to ask and then she kind of skittishly put her hand back down and like moved away and I do think that there's a certain level of fear that's setting in with Tam in in the first order that I don't think can be glossed over. I don't think that she's like becoming an evil mastermind is what no, I mean. No, definitely I think that not. there is there is definitely a a big level as the, by the end of this episode of discomfort in certain situations in the first order, which leads me to believe like I think that her relationship with Ruckland is actually really interesting because I think that provides a foil to look at her relationship with Kaz. And yeah, Kaz and her were always kind of at odds, but they were friends. And here we have Rucklin and Tam being kind of friends because they're in the same like squad, but they there's no level of teamwork. There's no level of um, getting over your differences. There's no work being done for that. And I don't think the the show is even really allowing that. I don't think Rucklin's like big a big enough character for that. Mm-hmm. 
And I just think it's interesting because I don't really think that that relationship will develop into something that I would call a good friendship, you know, despite the fact that Tam saves Rucklin and Rucklin is like, yeah, I wouldn't have saved you. Like, what am I supposed to think of that? You know? I think in one sense, almost Tam appreciates that because there are no secrets with Ruckland. She knows exactly what she's getting. And it's not friendship, but that wasn't promised to her Mm -hmm. either. I don't know. I I think you're right. Like, I think Tam does have a level, like there is a a discomfort there. But I don't think, I don't think I think her discomfort grew by the end of the episode. I think she became more determined to be, like, to prove her worth. Um, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we – there is, like, a notable, like, dialogue of a time jump in the next episode or we see Pyre and the Mrs. Trumbull character kind of talking about Tam again of, like, well, you know, this past week she has really just become, like, top of her class. And I wonder if we'll see Tam – do something like not make the same mistake twice with Ruckland or with another character where she has an opportunity to step in and intervene and chooses not to and then has to see the direct consequences of that. Like if someone else gets – like if someone gets killed on her watch or when she could have done something about it and how that will affect her. Because I think until she sees that, I think she's just going to want to be like number one in the class because all Tam has wanted is to fly and we you – know, did we ever get to see her really in a ship in season one? Maybe once. I don't really Yeah, remember. and that was part of the frustration, right? For Tam was like, I want to see myself yeah. in the ship in season one. And she didn't. And so seeing her finally in her element, doing what she wants to do and being good at it, too, I think is really appealing to her. And the fact that Mrs. Trumbull was like, well, you're, you cost yourself squadron leader. And she was really angry about that. She was like, no, I was still the best. (laughs) And the leader was like, yeah, but no. (laughs) So I think she's going to really dig her heels in with that as far as being top of her class and being as good as she can be. And then I don't think she's going to make the same mistake twice, but I think it's going to have a big consequence and it'll be interesting to see how she reacts to that. Yeah, I think it can go either mm-hmm. way. Like, I agree with you. I think that's a good interpretation. But I do think that, like, it can go the way of, oh, I didn't make squadron leader. I don't know if, like, digging her heels in is the right f- – I, I don't know. I think that she could – yes, I see your interpretation. But I also think that she could um, be bitter about that as she was bitter about not being a part of the Aces um, back on the Colossus. Yeah. And, like n- – not necessarily I think that she was actively working towards it but it wasn't working and it was kind of also in secret and I think that maybe something similar will happen but maybe we'll see some sort of break I don't know yeah yeah I think for me the difference is that now she's actually in a position to prove herself and she had lost that on the Colossus and she was just forever waiting to get the fireball good enough to fly and like basically re-audition for the Aces. I can't remember if that's exactly what was going on, but something like that. Whereas now she has a TIE fighter at her, like at her fingertips. So I... Yeah, it it will be so interesting to see how she deals with being in the First Order as the resistance reaches their lowest low, but also as we think is going to happen with the Rise of Skywalker, you know, gains their fleet back. Yeah. 
And how will the First Order kind of combat that? And will we see that over that year jump between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker? And what does that mean for her if she does become squadron leader or not at all? It'll just be really interesting. Like how long, how much time is going to pass in resistance? Are we already done with The Last Jedi? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, we could we blink we and could we're done, be done with the last, last jedi. jedi we could very well be done with it i do think i really liked our theory last episode i was gonna say last year um last episode about poe calling the resistance and or calling the colossus and asking for fuel and that being our clue that we are still in last jedi timeline but i actually wouldn't be surprised if we're already past it because they've at least a day has gone by since they were at jakar so we're now yeah. 30, 25% done with The Last Jedi. <laughs> right. I'm just wondering, will we hear about the Haldo maneuver? I think we will. Yeah. Because I don't think the, sh- the ship that they're on is not – the ship that Tam and Ruckland are on, it's not the Supremacy, right? No. It's, it's a different no, sort No, it's of definitely starter. not the Supremacy. So it, it's not going to get sliced in half. But <laughs> I just um, – I wonder if they'll even talk about that – particular defeat within the first order or if they'll kind of brush it under the rug in a propaganda sense yeah it might be something that gets passed around like a rumor uh right and who yeah it'll be interesting that would actually be really interesting to see what a rumor looks like inside the first order and how like i'm sure you're right like it'll be propaganda-y and uh what version is being passed around compared to how we know actually happened or at least happen from the yeah. resistance's perspective. The girl killed Snoke. Oh yeah, I was really just thinking How about. That gonna I was really just thinking about them talking about Haldo and how she did that yeah. no I'm, I'm yeah i know and i'm thinking about yes that but also snoke's death now it's known that snoke's dead and how's that gonna pass because kylo is spreading that ray killed snoke cool i don't know i'm wow a mention of ray in resistance <laughs> i don't think we've ever talked about that i'm ready for that i'm welcoming a ray mention i want i want in if, resistance i wonder how they'll describe it because it's not great like, I feel like there's going to be a completely different story. I wonder if they'll say that, like, the Haldo maneuver killed Snoke because you don't want to admit that this fighter in the resistance bested your new supreme leader and killed Snoke. I don't know yeah. if that's the kind of message they're going to want to send to the rest of the First Order. Um, or maybe you're right. It is like a, a wanted ad for Rey, um, mm-hmm. and they are, like, projecting her name and image everywhere. But then again, it's like, where are they getting those images, security cameras, which we know we're in the elevator, we're right in Kylo, where, you know, there's just like a lot there. So I don't know what, there's so much there. Kylo's going to recommend. <laughs> He's like, I need, I'm, the, I'm ready for I need that. the first order to find Ray so I can talk to her, but also I don't want them to actually hurt her. <laughs> He's like, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I have all this power, but it's an awkward situation. <laughs> yeah, that will I I I really hope we hear about that. And I hope we get some like crazy version of what's being spread around the around the first order about what happened. I'm just I am just eager to hear the response from, you know, Kaz and Yeager to that and then also the response from Tam and how that is going to be different mm-hmm. and will that further show the dichotomy in these two groups? I think it yeah, will. Yeah, 100%. It has to. It has to. Definitely. Okay. Well, was there anything else we wanted to say about this episode? No. 
not in regards to characters, but I have to say one of my favorite moments in this episode was that like little droid huddle that happened. Yes, that's where I saw the droid that looked like the Last Jedi concept art. <laughs> yeah, but like it was so great how they all just like got together and they were chatting while their like owners were over there chatting. It's like droid playtime. I loved it so yeah, much. It was, it was I was so like, oh my cute. god. <laughs> it was so cute. We got some bucket screen time too in this episode when he was with Yeager. Yeah. It was really fun. Bucket needs no more screen time because he's just so cute. He is. He's a really cute droid, but he does not get enough screen time. No. Um, we didn't really see CB in this episode either. She was in the droid huddle, but you know, I always want more CB. <laughs> Me too. She was chatting, but she was. She was she was serving the hot goss. Yeah. There's a two random things that I really liked about this episode. I liked the droid huddle and I liked hype's like weird flat fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird. So strange. So strange. <laughs> and the water, honestly. The yeah, water. The, and Nico's giant water bottle was back. Did you see that? No, I missed that. How did you miss that? His giant water bottle was back. Thank God. God bless that giant water bottle. <laughs> Stay hydrated. <laughs> Stay hydrated. <laughs> the message of the resistance. I was like, really, I just wanted like a spicy Bloody Mary, but sure. Stay hydrated. <laughs> Stay hydrated. <laughs> Such a cast thing to say. <laughs> it was so great. It was really funny. You're totally right. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that is going to wrap up this week's episode of Resistance. It was really fun. I'm looking forward to next week. And uh, yeah, if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Pod, and also our personal handles, which are at Caitlin Plusher is mine and at Clarity is Charlotte. And if you like our Resistance recaps or any of our main shows, you can head on over to iTunes and leave us a review so that other people can find our show. It's actually incredibly helpful. So if you haven't and would be interested, we would really appreciate that. And if you want other ways to support us, you can also head on over to our Patreon and check us out there. Yeah. And I want to say a huge thank you to our amazing patrons, Jason, Jennifer, Jessica, Mike, Thomas, Bridget, Gina, Shelbo, Joey, James, Kathy, Gee, Kate, Nathan, Sam, Bailey, Eric, Kelly, Amy, Neil, Mary, Larry, James, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Angela, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, Bradley, Josh, Ian, Roz, Lakshana, Candice, Ewan, Tom the Fanboy, Daniel, Heather, Brooklyn, Kimma, Jalia, Matthew, Captain Britton, Jackson, Carrie, Jackson, Raphael, David, Ada, Liz, Christian, Nicole, Jonathan, Rachel, Aaron, Brooke, Rebecca, Kathy, I, Rebel, Kimberly, Vundacast Productions, Christian, Adam, Megan, Courtney, Centara, Thomas, John, Megan, Kate, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Manny, David, Claudia, Kate, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lumpararoo, Patrick, James, Hammy, Neil, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stuart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kels, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Alyssa, Rebecca, Delaney, Angela, Allie, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Molly, Jared, Claire, Brad, Caitlin, Rebecca, Helly, Scott, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Kirsty, the, Cl- the Clashing Sabres podcast, and Chuck. Thank you all so much for supporting us. Yes, thank you guys so much. And as always, until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.
Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.